0: It is Friday, November 24th, 2023. This is another edition of Football Today. You know that dude. Bobby Skinner from of Giants. I am Chris Rose, producer Mikey along for the ride as well. Hope you had a nice, happy Thanksgiving. Was it uh
1: was it filled with family and football and fun? Oh, it was a great time. Uh spent some time with family, then friends, football in the middle, and uh I am the 2023 Thanksgiving Baisha champion. Um we had we had a good time the what champion? Baixa. it's a Portuguese uh card game.
0: Oh, okay. Put
1: the gish. Is this a uh is this a big deal? I've I made it a big deal because I won. Okay, good. Is this a first time for you? The first time I've won, yes. Okay. So you carry this for a full year, or do we do mm-hmm. this
0: like every We've day? got we've oh, got a
1: picture it. of of the scoreboard on a napkin. It's it's mm-hmm. a big deal.
0: Okay. well we were
1: talking about getting stuff for my backdrop maybe i'll put that napkin in the backdrop not maybe that's not a maybe that is an absolutely you will (laughs) how was yours
0: good i just went up to michelle's parents but we had a nice time it was however the first time that our oldest son did not make it home he had to work so had to go through those emotions
1: how was that as a feeling as a parent because my first time was in minnesota and I just spent it with some teammates at their house, and yeah. I'm sure it like, killed my mom that I, I wasn't there. And, I, and I was, I'm the oldest too. So,
0: yeah. Well, we FaceTimed him a bunch. So it felt like, and plus he's coming home this weekend. So that kind of took away a little bit of the angst with it oh, all. Okay. But we're very proud of him. You know, he's working hard and doing all that stuff. Like being in this business, I know what it's all about. I, there's a lot of holidays I've missed. So I get it. I get it. And we'll see. Oh, we soon. did talk
1: in Giants 9 a.m. in the morning too. So there's, oh, there's wow. that. Yeah. oh yeah okay yeah that that's big that's big
0: do you want to start with jack del rio
1: losing his job the day after
0: thanksgiving or do you want to start from the dallas angle
1: i'll give you we a just let's, let's start from the dallas angle and and then i can get into some passion about how bad of coach jack del rio has been okay um what was the well you have the question and i want to yeah, answer the, that
0: the question was because they continue to just kick butt against weaker competition i mean if if you're going to play weaker competition throughout the playoffs in January and in the Super Bowl, these these dudes are going to be lifting another Lombardi trophy. But there is the question mark, do they need that hallmark victory, even though they're 8-3, and three, do they?
1: They do. They do. This is the team. And now they look really good, right? So this is not mm-hmm. like, oh, they're not even good type of talk, right? But this is like, hey, we're at this point with the Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott that like... Being just just being good and or really good is not the expectation. You need to be a contender with the talent that you have on that roster, and they haven't done it yet, right? And every time when it's come to the playoffs, when unless you're playing, you know, the NFC South champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they have folded in the playoffs and start starting with Dak on that. Where, like you said, for me to take them serious in the playoffs, you have to like not just beat the, play the Eagles close. Like you got to you got to beat the Eagles and and look pretty good doing it too, right? You Like, they just – like, I still look at them more as the team that got blown up by the 49ers than the team that's beat up on the Giants and the Commanders.
0: I think it is fair to say two things, that Dallas is a very, very, very good team, like top – easily top quarter, maybe even top six in the league. I think it's also say that, fair to say that we do want more, and we're about to get that. Now, it'll start next Thursday with a slumping Seattle team. But after that, it's home against Philly, at Buffalo, at Miami, and home versus Detroit. Those are the type of teams that you would play in January. I'm not so sure about the Seahawks, and we'll talk about them in just a minute. But every other team there is the type of team you would have to beat in January and perhaps even on the road in order to get to where they want to get to, which is at the very least the NFC Championship and ultimately the Super Bowl for this squad. So I think that – I don't think that it's – Either or with them. You said it right at the very beginning that Dallas is so polarizing. People either feel like they're the greatest and they get shafted by a bunch of the critics or people feel like we talk too much about Dallas. I think they're exactly where they are with the possibility of moving up a few steps on the NFL hierarchy.
1: Yeah, and again, there's really not much this next five game stretch they can do for, it, but there's really not much like they can do in these types of games to like no. change change my opinion on anything, right? Like, yes, do I think Dak is a really good quarterback in the NFL? Absolutely, right? The question for me is what do you look like when you're playing the San Francisco 49ers, right, in the playoffs, or playing whatever you know, team that has up to the same talent or has more talent than you in those playoff situations? And that that is my question for Dak Prescott on the Dallas Cowboys. Like, yeah, you guys are you guys are a good team, like you said, like top towards the top of the league. But I don't view them as a failure of San Francisco either. And that's OK until they beat one of those teams.
0: Yeah, it's perfectly fine. By the way, the Cowboys are five and oh, they're the first team ever to go five and oh at home, I should say. First team to go five and oh at home and win each of those five games by at least 20 points. Uh, and it is true that the five teams that they've beaten are combined 17 and 38. Two quick things about the Cowboys I want to hit on before we hit on Jack Del Rio. Just give me a yes or no because you still have so many more weeks to go. Is Dak top three MVP right now?
1: Yeah, I do think so. Actually, like we've we've talked about the MVP race a decent amount on the show because there's no clear cut. Yeah, I, I do think he is. You know, we talked about CJ Stroud. Now I, I'm still in the Tyreek Hill like boat. Like he his numbers would have to drop for me to get off of that. But, yeah, he is. I mean, he's been airing it out more than any quarterback in the league for the most part, or at least airing it out successfully while also taking all the other parts of the field, like spreading it around very well. So, yeah, yeah, he is. Um, or Deron Bland. You know, wow. I had a quote on this show, yeah. Rose, when Diggs went down, right? And I was talking about how important he is. And I was like, will they still be a good defense without Diggs? Yes, but what Diggs does is he creates turnovers and he helps the offense score points. And I remember like looking at the depth short from my notes that morning, I was like, is Deron Bland going to do that? I don't think so. And now he has the record for pick sixes in the season. Nuts. Do you think that he is the front runner for defensive player of the year
0: because of it? I think Miles Garrett's probably the front runner for it. I think so too. Yeah. In part because when you go into your meetings – and you're playing the Dallas Cowboys, the first guy you circle is not 26, it's 11. Yeah, absolutely. And to me, you can't be the defensive player of the year if you're not even the best defensive player on your team. And that's not a shot at Deron Bland. That's how much I think of Micah Parsons.
1: Yeah, no one moves like him in the NFL.
0: And people are saying, well, hold on. This guy has more touchdowns than Devontae Adams and a whole list of guys who are supposed to be touchdown scores. I understand all that. I get it. And I think his PFF numbers are actually pretty good, if I'm not mistaken, just in terms of coverage and ranked cornerback and all that sort of stuff. But, the you know, just because the guy set a record doesn't mean you automatically give it to him. Eric Allen was the last guy to get four pick sixes in a season in 1993. Do you know where he finished in defensive player of the year voting?
1: I'm just going to say seventh and hope I get it right. You are so damn close. Eight. Damn. Eight. You know who won it that year? Do you, what, what year did you say? 1994? Three. 1993. Orange Taylor wasn't winning him at that point. Mm-hmm.
0: Pretty good name. All of uh, favor. And a defensive back.
1: I don't know. Rod do Woodson. I I was going to Rod Woodson is what came to my mind, but I was like, did he enter the league like a year or two after? And anyways, I, I screwed that up. You know who yeah. I always get mixed up with for, is Rod Woodson and Charles Woodson, but... Well, the well, reason being they have the same last name if you didn't put that two and two together, Rose. Both, both Canton guys and both Big 10 guys. Yeah.
0: Rod once to went to Purdue and Charles went to the school up north. So there you go. Uh very quickly, Jack Del Rio, scapegoat here or fair firing.
1: No, I think Rivera needs to go at this point too. It's it's time. But Jack Del Rio has coached the wor- it's the worst coach unit Def- like defensive unit I've seen in a long time. Like the only one that I think could come closer to is like that 2000. 2020- since I've been covering the game, is that 2020 Seattle Seahawks defense, where they just mm-hmm. they have one. They have no identity. They try and show stuff and just play totally – like, they are just undisciplined, right? It's one thing to be untalented, but undisciplined. Like, even when they had that front four, they were playing very badly. But it's like, hey, they have this front four. They can at least do some stuff on defense. Then you get rid of Chase Young and Montez Sweat. They were flat-out garbage. The Giants played games with them with Tommy DeVito at quarterback. I'm telling you, like, just – we had the take. Like, we don't really talk about the other team much, like – you know, conversations on the Talking Giants podcast were like, they need to fire Jack Del Rio as bad as a defensive coordinator, as he is. Um, yeah, so scapegoat, you could call it that, too, but it's 100% deserved. But it's also Rivera, like, trying to at least get a chance of saving his job for the end of the season.
0: Yeah, which I don't see any scenario playing out where he saves his job. I just think he knows that it's happening. And, yeah, I mean, Jack Del Rio has done a A terrible job with that unit to give up 45 points and then i mean i think they're the worst in the league in terms of points allowed per game and the amount of regression with really good players it's that's been alarming
1: yeah and you get like even jonathan allen and deron who are those awesome players like you said they're not playing anywhere near the level that i've i've watched those guys twice a year in depth and they are like terrorizing this year they were just dudes that we were facing
0: And Jonathan Allen, remember, we played that soundbite a month ago or so where he kept saying he was sick of the same old shit for seven straight years. I think this is part of what he was talking about, but we could be wrong. All right, uh, what about the Niners? Uh, They end up going up to Seattle, let them back in the game kind of early in the third with the pick six, but it was not close. It never felt super close. Is San Francisco now back on par with Philadelphia?
1: I still think they're above Philadelphia, right? Like, And this is why, like I said, this I've never been worried less about a team with a three-game losing streak than the San Francisco 49ers. They've come back from the bye week, beat a team that's pretty good with the Jag- – or pretty good Jags team and dominated them. They dominated the Seahawks. Again, they're much – but they should dominate the Seahawks. But the Seahawks are still a playoff team. Yeah, like Purdy had to work through some things, right? But, again, he was still making plays. Like the, the conversation around Purdy and those losses to me was – Insanity. I thought he was making some of the best throws he's made in those situations. He just kind of got baited into the same throw a couple of times. But Purdy's good. They have all those players back and healthy. Um, yeah, I, I, they to me they are my they are my Super Bowl favorite. They have been before the season. I'm not wavering off it at all. I have utmost confidence in that team. Cannot wait for next Sunday. That's all I'm saying. In Philadelphia,
0: you know, nine days from now. That is going to be awesome to see. Now, it still might end up where San Francisco wins that game and they end up not getting the one seed. Although Philly's got a couple of interesting ones this weekend. They play host to Buffalo. That won't be easy. They still have to go to Dallas for a Sunday night affair. That's not going to be easy. San Francisco's schedule the rest of the way, I believe, is not really difficult. And by the way, the gap between San Francisco and the rest of that division is like a Grand canyon size hole. It is just immense. You've got a couple of teams that it, like, I think Seattle is really going to have to take a look at their organization after this year. I think they're going to, they're going to scramble to just make the playoffs. Have you seen what their upcoming schedule is the next few oh, weeks? Oh, it's brutal.
1: I think we looked at it earlier, like, yeah, in, in, on like one of the previous shows. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's brutal. And th- they're a talented team, man, but they're just not like, I don't know. It's, it's tough to see what the, it's, i say, I feel like once you kind of figure out what they like to do, it's easy to figure out. Like, uh, like, Hey, third down, if you run man covers, they're going to go to DK. So have extra attention on DK, right? Like they're kind of easy to figure out. And I, I know everyone loves Kenny Walker. Um, I don't like him very much. I think he is. I think he's, he's just a guy who gets, I know he didn't play yesterday, but it's just like their run game in general. Um, is not as good as it's thought about because they right. have Kenneth Walker and Zach Charbonnet. So I think they're they're a good team. I playoffs may be tough because of the schedule they have, but I, I still mm-hmm. think they make it. Um, but I, I I'm not like a they're like okay. We talked about Dallas. I don't think they're near near Dallas's range, which no. was a conversation before the season. No, and you'll see that next Thursday
0: when those two te- two teams play. Um, just a little bit more about San Francisco. They looked so confident. I don't know if you saw uh, the like turkey festival they had with Melissa Stark in the post game, but there were like eight or nine dudes. It was it started out with like five, and then guys just kept sprinkling in. Like, here came Nick Bosa, and here comes Fred Warner. And they just seem like they're at such ease with who they are and what they're about. There's no anxiety with that club. They have stars
1: on every level of their team just stars all pros on every level of the team right and then they go and add chase young at the deadline like they and they have defensive tackles, stars and depth i mean they are they are a team that is just built to dominate right and purdy is the guy to help them uh get there i would be i would be shocked if it's not san francisco or philadelphia playing in las vegas in middle in the middle of February. Oh, I'd bet, I'd bet everything that is one of those two. Unless one of the quarterbacks goes down. Like, it's it to me, it's a two-horse two, uh, two race for the NFC. That's it. That's it. Whereas in the AFC, we were like... Um, I can make an argument for, like, any team in the AFC.
0: Yeah, almost. Almost. All right, so Turkey Day uh, got started with the Packers upsetting the Detroit Lions. So what was the bigger story? That Green Bay has slowly worked its way back into possible playoff contention. Or for the second straight week, Detroit dug itself a huge hole. It was able to bounce back out of it last week against Chicago, but not
1: this time against Green Bay. I think it's I think it's more about the Packers. I mean, the, the Lions had their third loss of the season, right? Like you divisional game, that stuff happens. I think it's less even about the Packers making the playoffs, but more so about like Jordan loves development, right? Like he's looked pretty good the last few weeks after mm-hmm. the beginning of the season. Like you looked at his numbers and they were good, but you, if you watch the games, it's like, they're making everything easy and he's still having like a lot of missed throws. These last few weeks, he's been like catching my attention and, and making some plays and that could be huge for them. Right. And I feel like, because this is, is this year three or four for love? This is I think four. it's year four, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's you kind of do have to give him like a little bit of rookie grace, even though he's had so much time to develop. Cause you even remember Rogers who was in a similar situation. His first year was solid, but it wasn't like all world. And that was a team that went to the NFC championship and missed the playoffs that year with Rogers. So um I- I'm excited to see loves uh development more so than just them like sneaking into the playoffs.
0: Yeah. But it's more than that. And, and I agree with you. I thought that the, The biggest takeaway for me in that game was Jordan Love because in his last two games against the Chargers and now the Lions, five touchdowns, no interceptions. Last week, he threw for 300 yards. This time, I don't think he got quite to 300 yards, but he looked really, really good and had a lot of confidence from that first play on where he threw it all the way down to Christian Watson, gave him a 50-50 ball, and he made a great play on it. Um, It's not just Jordan Love. I don't ever, Bobby, remember a team Having this many young skill guys at the same time, like who is the veteran they're leaning on to get? Is there anybody in their receiving core that's a veteran?
1: No, I mean, it's, it's Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, and um, and Jaden Reed. Jaden Reed is like he was like a, a college vet, so I guess he kind of fits into right. that role. And I like Jaden Reed, he's he's someone I've painted too. someone who's always going to have like 600, he's going to perpetually have 650 yards every year of his career um well that was the thing with like with the Packers it's like hey let's see these receivers grow under Aaron Rodgers right like like for me Romeo Dobbs it's like yeah this is gonna be the next random dude the Packers turn into a thousand yard receiver so they've taken some time but um yeah they don't have I mean I guess for the offense it's Bakhtiari who's always hurt and Aaron Jones is as the vets of that team and right. he's hurt he's been get hurt a lot the year of uh, this year too he missed yesterday Right. Their backfield is fine. It's Aaron Jones and it's AJ Dillon.
0: Those are two veterans that you can count on. But once again, who is the veteran receiver in the locker room who can help young guys when they're struggling to get open? Little tricks of the trade. Heck, even their top two tight ends are rookies.
1: Yeah. Oh, they- yeah. They, yeah. I was going to say they have two rookies. I actually mentioned this. Who is the oldest receiver on the Packers in terms it- of years? Duntavian Wicks. He's a rookie. Right. Samori Torrey, Bo Melton, who came out of <laughs> Malik. Hey, hey Heath, who, who the hell is Malik Heath? Uh, <laughs> he played how yesterday.
0: This... He played yesterday for the first. He, he caught he had caught one pass before yesterday, I think.
1: Yeah, and he had four yesterday, I believe, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was yeah, like, when, they... Did they,
0: when did they bring back Randall Cobb? And there he is. There he is. No, I think it's great. I And I don't. They're going to have a shot at this. I think if you look at their schedule, um, I know that they play Kansas City in their next game. I think it is at home at Lambeau, so maybe that'll help. Who knows? I don't expect them to win that. But even if they fall to 5-7, and now listen, they are big-time Bears fans this coming Monday night. But you could definitely see a Green Bay Packer trending up where either Minnesota or Seattle starts falling down. That's what I could see happening over the last six weeks of the year yeah
1: it's it's i don't want seattle to miss the playoffs right because i feel like they are one of the nfc playoff teams but like you said that schedule is so tough i don't care
0: because whoever it is is going to be playing most likely san francisco or philly in that first round if you're the seven seed i'll see you next year anyway that's true. Hey,
1: Jordan Love, last year, what was his, the one game he played? Eagles, almost won that game. So maybe we'll get a Packers-Eagles rematch right. from last year. Uh, by the way, Dan Campbell, because I do want to focus on the Lions just a smidge,
0: uh, he said, we got outplayed, but I'm not panicked, which is true. The one area where we have to keep our eyes open here is Jared Goff. This is consecutive weeks where he's had turnoveritis. Last week, he got picked off three times by the Bears, uh, Thanksgiving Day, first time he fumbled three times in a game. So if that's going to be a problem moving forward, that's a no-no. Come mid-January, that's yeah. a game
1: changer like that. Fumbles are a little more random with QBs to me. Um, so like yesterday's game isn't like alarming with the fumbles, but if he's kind of like he took, I mean he he almost had the streak for a pass without an interception, and then he's thrown a, a handful. So he's obviously got to keep that in check. Um, but with their offensive line. I don't, I don't stress too much about the fumbles, but it was insane yesterday where it's like, Oh my God, he fumbled again. Right. Right. Camera on me, camera on me. The weather might be cooling down, but the action on the field stays hot. Fuego. And today we've teamed up with DraftKings, an official partner of the NFL to get you closer to the action. Right now, new customers who bet just $5 will get $150 in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings app now and use promo code football today. Fan of multiple teams and want to bet on them all? Well, you're in luck. Combine multiple bets together for a shot at even bigger payout. If sports betting is not yet available in your state, not to worry. You can still join in all the fun with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. New customers use promo code today. Bet just $5 on any wager and get $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's promo code today. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You'll be glad you did.
0: All right. Um... Who who circled this one at the beginning of the year? I fight for first in the AFC South, but do you really think that Houston can hang with Jacksonville, not just this weekend, but
1: for the rest of the season? I mean, they beat them, uh, right? So, like, mm-hmm. I, I, I absolutely think they can go with them, right? And I think the Jags, despite looking good as, like, it's an EPA team, I think they have their flaws, and offensively, like, I – I don't I don't know why Calvin Ridley was that as hyped up as him. I guess it's the distance makes the heart grow fonder Browns. Like, mm. do we remember him in Atlanta? Like good receiver. Like actively quit on plays uh there. Um and again, wasn't like a top ten type of guy. Uh so yeah, Jaggers are obviously more talented, but you got CJ Stroud, Tank Dell. I mean, what they're doing right now is kind of nuts. Yeah, I I absolutely think Houston is is in run for this. And I I'm picking them to win this game. To me, I know we focus
0: a lot on the quarterbacks, but you know what, Trevor Lawrence, like, let's show it. We looked at that division this year and we we're like, man, the Jags might win this by five games, with everybody else having quarterback question marks going into the year. Right? You had rookies in Houston and Indy, and we had no freaking idea what the Texas, what the uh, Titans were doing down there in Tennessee, and based on what Jacksonville did last year with a comeback playoff win and then hanging in there against Kansas city. We're like, okay, this is it. Well, this year they, they played well, like they've won six of their last seven games, but they just feel like they're kind of hanging out. Like, I don't feel like when you talk Super Bowl, that they feel like a big part of the discussion in the AFC, even though you feel like they should be, is that accurate?
1: Yeah. That's like when, we had a topic like a couple weeks ago when they were six and two and it's like, which AFC team at six and two is going to take step 4 I'm like the Jags are six and two at top of the, con- you know, for the, the right. for the conference. Yeah. I don't view them as, I, I think they're a team that still has a lot of flaws, which again, is kind of part of the timeline. they are a couple of weeks, they are a couple of years removed from the first overall pick and being pretty devoid of talent. But, um, and, and, and what happened with the 49ers? He's like, a, okay, you're, you're not even close type of taste in your mouth. Yeah, that's the thing is that – and it's why I started talking a little bit about
0: the quarterback situation. Like, Trevor Lawrence, this is – you were the dude. Like, we've had a lot of drafts lately where you could have made an argument for that guy over that – I mean, even last year, right? I mean, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, do you go Anthony Richardson with a lottery ticket? Like, what do you do? In 2021, it was Trevor Lawrence, and there was no question about it. And
1: he's played well – I think he's played better than the numbers, but he hasn't. Yes, like he hasn't shown like, like he hasn't looked like anything like Justin Herbert or any any of those guys to me. Which okay. again, Justin Herbert kind of falls in the category of like how he the talk the conversation around him is is a little off base. But like I, I Lawrence still has uh, some steps to go to get to those guys' level.
0: You know what he re- he reminds me a little bit. I know I'm mixing my sports here, but work with me. Tim Duncan was so great. But, like, I don't remember one thing he ever did.
1: That bank shot, baby. Uh, okay. You know, I'm a Nets know, fan, so saying... I remember lots of what Tim Duncan did. He ruined, he ruined you, my 2003 summer. you remember summer. a
0: particular shot? I remember the, you know, yes. But what was his moment? I mean, he had one against the Lakers where I think Derek Fisher then won the game with the next best, shot in
1: the play. Best NBA finish of all time, by the way, is that game.
0: Right. And it's great. But what I'm saying is, is it like, do you ever remember a Trevor Lawrence throw? So I guess maybe Tim Duncan isn't great because you're you're shooting down my theory. Thanks.
1: Well, but- I'm a Nets fan who watched the Spurs go on a nineteen oh run in game six, of the two thousand NBA finals and ruined <laughs> my father's day. Um, so I'm I'm the bad person to ask about that one. And they almost stole Jason Kidd in free agency. Like, fuck you, San Antonio. Um but yeah, no, but at the same time, he's still like in the halfway through year three. Now quarterbacks hit so quickly that it's like we're we're expecting at this point, but he's looked really good. I think he's looked better than the numbers. But like I said, I don't, I don't view him on like the Herbert Herbert level.
0: So I guess my point is this: finally, even though it's taking me miles to get there because you keep shooting down my theories, is that this Sunday gives him a great opportunity to say, you know what, C.J. Stroud, you have an amazing year. You're going to be the offensive rookie of the year. You guys have had a fantastic season that nobody, you know. How many games did we think at the beginning of the year Houston would have to play in order for him to get six wins? 25, right? right? They've done it so far in 10. It's been amazing. Um, But this is his chance to kind of put his stamp on this game and this division right here.
1: And he should. Like, they have more talent than the Houston Texans. Like, this is, like you said, this is, this is a game for them to put their mark. Like, hey, we may not be the top of the league, but we sure as hell ain't letting the Texans yeah. beat us in this division.
0: All right, let's move from the AFC South to the AFC North. You got Pittsburgh and Cincinnati squaring off for the first time this season. So are you more curious to see what the Steelers' offense looks like without Matt Canada? Or if Jake Browning can replace another JB and Joe Burrow and have a little bit of magic left in Cincinnati season?
1: Well, the Bengals are dead to me without Joe Burrow. Or so it's just like at this point, what they don't mean, they they are as relevant to me as the Washington Commanders without Joe Burrow. Um whoa. Well, I'm just saying they're without Joe Burrow, they're not a relevant team for the the end of the NFL season. Do you do you think they are? Do you think they have like some fight left in them with Jake Browning a quarterback?
0: I want I will be very curious. I was at Jake Browning's last start that meant something, the 2019 Rose Bowl. It's I, I can't believe it. I looked it up the other day. I was like, when was the last time he actually started a meaningful game? And sure enough, there it was. I, and I saw it in person. The guy started 54 games in college. He wasn't a nobody. So I am curious to see, can he put together a little bit of that Brock Purdy magic? The the problem is he just hasn't played.
1: Here's the thing is, like, I like Brock Purdy. I think he's, like, top 10 quarterback in the NFL. I think if you put them on this Cincinnati Bengals offense, there would be – I mean, they are the most QB-reliant offense in the NFL, right? Like, and you saw in the beginning of the year when he was dealing with the injury, like, they were the worst offense in the NFL. And then as he got healthy, all of a sudden they're a good offense again. Um, They Obviously, they have all the receivers and shit, but they just – they, like, they live and die with Joe Burrow. I don't think there's any – I don't think there's any more team that is, like, less suited to lose their quarterback than the Cincinnati Bengals.
0: That's fair. So, what were you going to say? That you're more interested to see if
1: Pittsburgh has a midseason change? Yeah, I want to see if they can get to like even like a slightly below average. Like, can they be the, the 19th best offense in the NFL? Because if then, like, they're a defense that can win a playoff. Like, they're if they can be like that type of offense, and they have talent to do it, right? Like, they have some offensive line issues, but they're not the worst offensive line in the NFL. You got uh, you got some good receiver talent. Um, the back situation we've we've chronicled is very weird. How you know uh, Warren is playing much better than Najee, but they have and they have talent to be like a halfway decent offense in the NFL. Can can they look like that? Because then they're a team that is I think is going to make the playoffs. I'd be shocked if they don't, and could win a playoff game. The question I've got is, obviously, they have figured out their system. But
0: they're saying that quarterbacks coach Mike Sullivan and running backs coach Eddie Faulkner are going to be sharing the
1: reins. I don't know what that means when it comes to play calling. Well, I think probably Mike Sullivan would be it. This is a weird thing where when they – because they don't have to name someone as that title, they don't. Um, like I remember when Joe Judge fired Jason Garrett, they're like, yeah, we, we don't know who's going to be the offense coordinator. It's like everyone knows that it's Freddie Kitchens. Um, I would assume that the quarterbacks coaches. Is the calling the place. But I don't yeah. know. I guess I should have looked that up beforehand.
0: Um, well, I mean, there wasn't any definitive answer. Not certainly not one that I could find. I imagine that Mike Tomlin has figured that out inside his building. This is this is big time now on Kenny Pickett. I know it's just year two. I get all that. But man, let's maybe maybe they can unlock something that he does extremely well. Because if I ask you the question, what does Kenny Pickett do best? The answer is what?
1: Throw the throw throw to the sidelines, I guess. But that's what they're all he can throw a good ball from a clean pocket into some contested situations, I guess. Really? Um,
0: That sounded like the most generic answer. Yeah, I don't like
1: Kenny Pickett. I don't like Kenny Pickett (laughs) is basically what I'm saying. Like, he's not the (laughs) he's not the quarterback who you look at and like, man, this this is what he does really well. I guess overall, he's he's pretty accurate with the ball would be my thing. But even then, you see him have his misses here and there.
0: You know what the best thing he does? He doesn't turn it over. That's okay, the that's best a... thing he does. He, he is the ultimate game manager to keep your team in a game. They're always in a game. Boy, that's exciting.
1: Mike Sullivan, former Giants offensive coordinator. I'm excited to see him get his his second chance in the NFL. Yeah. Uh,
0: well, we'll see how it goes. I still think the Bengals have a little something in them. Plus, they had kind of the mini buy to take a deep breath and realize Joe Burrow's not going to be there. It wouldn't shock me if the Bengals come out quickly in this one. Just wouldn't. Just saying.
1: I would start the Steelers' defense in fantasy this week. I'm on the opposite spectrum with than you.
0: Okay, Mo- Monday we will settle this, and one of us will be apologizing to the other.
1: Hey, I will. I will. I will. I will literally start the – Actually, no, I'm not. I'm not going to get in my hands and knees saying sorry to you on, on this podcast. But no, absolutely not. I'm going to be in Jersey that. for it though, so you know, maybe I'll oh. maybe I'll have a little more Jersey fight for you.
0: Hold on, are you going to the Giants Patriots game?
1: You think I would miss the return of Joe Judge for anything?
0: Oh my goodness, are you going to get a picture with Joe Judge in the background?
1: Um, no, probably not. Actually, yeah, I I, I haven't got my tickets yet, so we'll we'll see. Now Joe Judge is a fan of mine. Um, the the judges are so I wouldn't I would like to do it. Um, so maybe maybe I'll try and work some of my connects and and to get a hello with him and how how you've been doing. But all right, the Who, the judges are fans of, of Bobby Skinner.
0: Who's uh oh third person? Who's um who's starting a quarterback for the Patriots? Because Bill, won't it's Mac you. Jones.
1: I was talking with some of the Patriots people this week, and uh, everything points to it, even though it's not been official. Mac Jones.
0: Are you, is there any part of you, because the Patriots are actually, they hold the third pick, the Giants hold the fifth pick right now, I believe. Is there any
1: part of you that wants the Giants to lose? I mean, this is kind of a must lose game for the draft if you're in for one of the top two quarterbacks. So yeah, here's the issue. Here's the only reason that's stopping me is I am undefeated in Giants games that I've attended. Know, right. And that is what's like, well, I kind of want to keep that alive for the future
0: technically you're not undefeated you just haven't i've never lost.
1: lost yeah never lost you have a tie yeah never lost okay
0: all right well i wish you luck travel safely have fun say hi to joe judge get a picture snap a photo put it out on social can't wait this will be fun all right
1: i'm excited for it
0: should be should be all right fun show a lot of stuff going on this is like a chalk full friday And we'll be back at it again on Monday. We cannot wait for that as well. So for producer Mikey, shout out to him. He always does a great job. And the um, president of the Joe Judge fan club, or maybe it's the other way. No, I. I, Joe Judge is
1: the president of the Bobby Skinner fan. Right,
0: right. My fault. Bobby Skinner from Talking Giants. I'm Chris Rose. We will see you Monday on Football Today.